Uh, this morning we're continuing our series that we've entitled Reimagine. Uh, last week we talked about reimagining our reach. We're going to continue to talk about this concept of reimagination. And this morning we're going to talk about reimagining our love. In August of 2014, Amy and I received a significant surprise amount of money. And we immediately thought, after living in our house uh, at that time for 11 years, we immediately thought, we are going to take this money and we're going to remodel our kitchen. Anybody ever been there before? I mean, when we first moved in the house in 2003, uh, when we moved here to Sacramento, um, we did it actually, we found out that we did it backwards. We actually went for curb appeal first. Now, some of you that have remodeled know that that's a mistake right off the bat, right? And so we, we, we landscaped the backyard. I put in like 14 yards of cement. We redid the front yard. We painted the house. We got a new roof. I mean, the house looked pretty on the outside, but on the inside of my 1,200-square-foot foot house, it felt like a real small, small apartment how it was laid out. And so when we got this money, we had to take a step back and, and look at our house and begin to reimagine what it could look like with a little bit of help. And so before we started the project, we there was this, this wall that separated the kitchen and the family room, and, and we thought, we reimag- you know, what would it look like if we just took that wall out? And we had these, like, 1974 pony walls. You guys know, they're like these walls that are waist high, and, it, like, we couldn't put normal furniture in our family room, like, the you know, couches that were, like, normal size because these pony walls just messed everything up. What would it be like if we, like, took these pony walls out? We had, like, different level ceiling all through the house. We had a ceiling literally that was, like, maybe six, I don't know, seven feet. What would happen if we lifted the hallway? We put those things out. What if we dropped new lighting down? We had to step back before the remodel and reimagine some things. Likewise, in this new season that we're in as a church family, I believe God would ask us to reimagine some things so we don't end up doing the same thing, expecting different results. I've had several people ask me, even after last week with our, our tag team Sunday, well, well Pastor Dean, if you're, if you're gone one Sunday, aren't you afraid people will stop coming to church if you're not speaking? And my response is, no, my greatest fear is that we build a church according to an outdated pastoral-centric model that is not working and has failed the Western church. Instead of allowing Christ to build his church through the variety of gifts he's given us packaged in people like you and I. See, God has graced RLC with some incredible gifts that come wrapped as apostolic gifts and prophetic gifts and teaching gifts and pastoral gifts and evangelistic gifts. And if the gift is never revealed or unwrapped, come on, real life church will suffer the consequences. And even if you want to take this to the bigger picture, the universal church, the body of Christ will never be fully equipped. And that's why, listen, that's why 
We have dying churches all over Sacramento and America, for that matter, because we failed to reimagine what could be if we moved from an audience applauding one to a full-functioning body that is healthy and living as one. There is a transition. Listen, there is a transition, and you cannot ignore this fact. You cannot ignore this fact. I was in Santa Cruz this weekend, and New Hope in Gilroy has taken over and adopted two churches that were thriving in the early 2000s, two churches, one in Santa Cruz, one in Aptos, and both are totally dead. And, and, and the district has come along and said, New Hope, can you breathe some fresh life? Can you breathe some fresh life into these churches. Why? Because somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, someone forgot to step back and reimagine what could be. Someone forgot to step back and ask, God, God, what are you doing in this community? Lord, don't let it pass me by. Someone forgot to step back and say, God, I want to reimagine what you have for this city, what you have for this community. And you can go by these churches now that he took me, my friend Chris took me by, by them. And he said, yeah, we've got Pastor Abby. Pastor Abby's right here. The church was 10 people when she got here. Now we're up to 60. And we're just asking God what we can do. He took me by the church in Aptos. I talked to, he said, we put Pastor Scott Slater here in Aptos. And this church, actually, they, did, they weren't even having church when he got here. And he said, now we've seen up to 60 people coming at the Aptos campus. Why? They've taken time to step back and say, God, what do you want to do? The word reimagine, which we introduced to you last week, I might add to it a little bit, means to reimagine or imagine again or imagine a new. How do you know it's easy to get stuck in the routine? It's easy to get stuck in the same old, same old. Even in our relationships, it's easy to get stuck in routine, and neglect, come on, and neglect and come up with new ideas and, and, and bring life to our relationships through maybe going to a new place for dinner instead of that same old place you go to every time. Oh, I'm meddling now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But to imagine a new and a new or different form, a new conception, to recreate or form a new idea Approach or method, here's the key, through the power of the Holy Spirit around an already existing idea, approach or method. That's what we're doing actually with our worship community right now. Just like I'm doing here with it, forming a teaching team right now, we're asking people to step forward in their gifts that it would not just be built around one person, but no, we would have a full functioning, that everybody's gift is expressed. Everybody's gift is highlighted. Pastor James said it best last week when he said, reimagination doesn't begin with a good idea. It begins on our knees. You see, there's a difference between a good idea and a God idea. And the difference maker in that equation is the person of the Holy Spirit, who, by the way, lives in us. We should have the best ideas, amen? We should have the biggest dreams as believers. Come on. We should have the greatest imagination when it comes to solving problems in our community. 
As the people of God, we should never be stumped without an answer. Why? Because we are connected. Come on. To the originator of all ideas, the originator of every dream, the originator of our imagination. Our key verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, chapter, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, I believe. And this says what it says. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. And no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But listen, don't stop there. You have to go to verse 10. But, everyone say but. Come on. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. What things? The things that no one has seen. The things that no one has heard. The things that no one's ever thought of before or imagined. All the things that God has prepared for us to do by the power of his Holy Spirit, he reveals it to us. I don't know about you, that gets me excited. You see, it says, no, verse 11, no one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Verse 12, and we have received God's spirit, in parentheses it says, not the world's spirit. We've received God's spirits, why? So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Everybody say free. Freely given us. How many free things do you think are available to you and I that we are not accessing? You see, God speaks to us spirit to spirit. Everybody say spirit to spirit. No filter. There's no filter. And he does this by downloading words of truth. When you're reading scripture, when you're praying, you might have an idea. You might have a thought. He does this by downloading revelation, illumination, dreams and vision, ideas, new concepts. He does this with me all the time. He just inspires me with ideas. I'll be in prayer or throughout the day I'll be praying around this, and God will drop an idea in my spirit. He'll drop an idea, and I'll know it's him. How you know he wants to communicate the bigness of who he is to us? He speaks to us spirit to spirit, new concepts, new models, and new ways of doing things that have never been thought of. I believe he's about to release to us a pioneering anointing to cut new paths that move us out of the ruts and routines and bring us into new experiences. I believe he's going to reveal new models to us so that he can take us places that we've never been before. I love what Mark Batterson, the pastor of a great church, National Community Church in Washington, D.C., says in his book, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. You should read it if you haven't. He says this, there are ways of planting churches that have never been thought of. I just love that he just said that. I love that he put that in his book. We get so locked into our methods. We get so locked into somebody else's model, hello, that we don't leave room for the Holy Spirit, come on, to move and do and birth different, different things. I believe there are ways of doing ministry that have never been thought of. I believe there are ways of doing outreach that have never been done. 
I believe there are ways of building and experiencing community or small groups, if you will. I believe there's different ways of doing community that have never been tried. This is why it's so important that if you're a community leader or you're a visioneer, that you don't dismiss our leadership lab tomorrow. We've transitioned from a leadership luncheon, and now we're going to a leadership lab. Why are we doing that? Because God is doing a new thing here at RLC. And we have to scale our volunteer base, our visioneer base, as God continues to expand the vision of this house. And if we don't take time to learn about the new thing, listen, we will always be asking the question, what thing? Huh? Right? You guys are looking at me like a deer in the headlights, right? If you never take time to, to hear, hear your heart or hear the heart of the staff, you'll have, well, what new thing? I thought that was just a thing that we quoted out of the Bible when we wanted to get people excited. No, 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 no. See, if you never take time to embrace the new thing, you'll always be wondering, what, 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 what thing? You see, Solomon warned us about an attitude that is disconnected from the realities of the Spirit. You see this in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, 9 to 11. How many know Solomon was the wisest man in the world? He says there's no one like him before or at. No one like, no one like Solomon in his wisdom. And, and here he is describing a life disconnected from the Holy Spirit. He says this, history merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Does this sound familiar to you? Nothing under the sun is truly new, pastor. Sometimes people say, here is something new. Oh, but actually it's old. Nothing's ever truly new. Verse 11, we don't remember what happened in the past and in the future generations. No one will remember what we are doing now. Pastor, no one's going to care about what we're doing now. How many know that's a lie because it's disconnected from the realities of the Spirit? You guys still with me? I love you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. I'm not here, listen, trying to persuade you. Come on, I am here motivated by the power of the Holy Spirit. I didn't put this message together with some book. I put this message together saying, God, what do you want to say to your people? He says, when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. Listen to this. We speak words given to us by the Spirit using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Skip down to the end of verse 14. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Everybody say spirit to spirit. Listen, God wants to download to you spiritual truth, revelation, illumination, reimagination, ideas, dreams, visions. He wants to do a fresh thing in our lives and in our church. Why does he want to do it? I, be, I believe because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we have access to wisdom that is not of this world. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we have access to creativity that is not of this world. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we have access to knowledge that is not us of this world. Come on, we've got insider secrets and insider info that have never been told. Come on, we've got the insight on mysteries that have never been solved or revealed. Why? So that the Son of God can be revealed through the demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power in us and through us. Has God ever used you in that way? 
come on, you, 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 you spoke up or there was a meeting, there was an issue, and God gave you a solution to the problem. And they said, that, 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 that was brilliant. And you knew you weren't smart enough to come up with that idea. Is anybody with me? And listen, if we will live with this expectancy, not only on Sunday, we need to invite it here, come on, in the church, but if we'll just be aware of the Holy Spirit wanting to download new ideas, visions, dreams, all throughout the week, come on, how you know the Holy Spirit will demonstrate himself through our lives. This is in your notes on the back of your weekly. The demonstration of the Spirit's power is most commonly manifested by making old things new. The Spirit's power is most commonly manifested by making old things new. The most obvious illustration of this is our old life becoming new in Christ. How many thankful that your life became new in Christ Jesus? Your life became brand. But here's the cool thing, right? Here's the cool thing. He, he doesn't only, he can't only, I mean, he cannot, he cannot only, what am I trying to say? Not only does he give us a brand new life, how many know? If, if, you're, if, if you're experiencing some kind of difficulty or, or, or something, trouble in your marriage, how do you know he can give you a new lease on your marriage? How do you know if you're having trouble in your family relationship? He can give you something new in your family. Whatever, listen, he can turn a career, come on, into a calling. That's the way he works. He can take something old, the same old, same old, and he can release life and passion and freshness to it. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17 says, I love this. It's in the uh, NLT. It says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. How do we know that's a good idea? In other words, stop looking at people with your natural eyes. Stop judging the book by the cover. Hello. Human reasoning, I believe, will talk you out of the miraculous. And I believe Paul is saying, listen, we couldn't wrap our minds around Jesus, the Son of God, but we had to have a revelation that he was the Son of God. Sorry, let me say that again. Paul's saying we couldn't wrap our minds around Jesus, the Son of Man, but we had to have a revelation that he was the Son of God. Verse Continuing on, he says, at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. How many of God, God wants to reveal himself to you? Verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. How many of you are thankful for that? A new life has begun. That's the hope that we have. But God can do that in so many different areas of our lives. He could do that right here in our church. The only thing I believe that prevents us from reimagination, and this is in your notes, are false imaginations. The only thing that keeps us from reimagining things are false imaginations. I believe, and this is up above that, but I believe the Holy Spirit has given us access to everything we need for our future success. Do you agree? Let me ask you a question then. What's the problem? Why are churches like I just mentioned in Santa Cruz and Aptos, why are churches like this? And I can name a handful right here in Sacramento. Why are churches dying? False imaginations set up shop in our minds, and they limit us from accessing and experiencing the fullness 
of who God is and what he's wanting to release to us. The Bible refers to these false imaginations as strongholds. And I put the definition in there, but fill in the blank. A stronghold is a thought impregnated with hopelessness that causes us to accept things as truth that are contrary to God's way of thinking. Pastor Dean, that will never work. Who, who told you that? Well, we tried that before in 1975. You guys hear what I'm saying? A stronghold is a fortress the enemy builds in our mind, by the way, with the material that we give him. Come on, how many know we're the Home Depot that allows the enemy? He gets his stuff to build strongholds in our mind with the stuff that we give him. A stronghold is a fortress the enemy builds in our mind with wrong thinking, lies, fear, worldly philosophies that form and protect wrong attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that imprison us from making an impact and being an influence to our world. 2 Corinthians 5, 4 and 5, Paul addresses this. He says, the weapons of the war we're fighting are not of this world but are powered by God, and they're effective at tearing down the strong. How many of you got a few strongholds you could deal with this morning, right? We all do. They are effective at tearing down the strongholds erected against his truth. We are demolishing arguments and ideas, every high and mighty philosophy that pits itself against the knowledge of the one true God. We are taking prisoners of every thought, every emotion, and subduing them into obedience to the anointed one. How do you need an anointed thought life? Come on, you can need an anointing, come on, on your thought life. This is in your notes. Reimagination then begins with a renovation of our mind. You see, the only thing that limits us, that limits, excuse me, that limits the Spirit of God in us is not dealing with the things that limit us. Let's look at some common things that might be limiting God's uncommon love inside of you. Things like unforgiveness. Things like brokenness. Come on, these are all kinds of things we like to kind of just like sweep under the rug. Thinking like that it's not affecting anybody. It's just between me and that person. But how many know it's limiting you? Woundedness. Not dealing with wounded hearts. People jump from church to church, never getting healed, never getting established. But every time that, that, that hurt, hurt erects itself, they, they run to a new place. Come on, they never, they never stay in one place long enough for God to heal the wound. Hopelessness. Religiosity. Pride. How do you know God Gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the, the humble. Tradition. Come on. Scripture even says tradition has rendered the power of uh, has rendered the power of God, right? Powerless. These things the enemy will use to hold our hearts hostage, our minds captive, and our souls on lockdown, which limits the power of God's spirit flowing through our life. And listen. If it's affecting you and if it's impacting you and if these things, if God's resources are limited in you, not flowing through you, how many know that affects the entire church? It does. And this is why Paul made it a, he made it a matter of prayer. 
Everybody say prayer. The Ephesians church, chapter 3, verse 16, says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. In other words, Paul is saying, I'm going to take this to prayer. I see, I see you limiting God in some areas in your life. You haven't accessed the fullness of who he is. And because you haven't accessed the fullness of who he is, you're not seeing fully what he wants to do. You're not seeing the fullness of what he wants to manifest here in Ephesus. So he says this, I'm taking it to prayer. I'm not going to argue with you, right? I'm not going to fight with you. I'm taking it to prayer, and he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down in God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God people should. How many know it's a choice? It's a choice. That's why he says, as all God's people should. Here's the key, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Verse 19 continues to pray, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And here's the part we like to quote, now all glory to God, who is able, how you know he's able through his mighty power at work within us. Listen to this. Break it down. Through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You see, Paul's praying that we would have access so we'd experience the fullness of who he is and the fullness of what he wants to do. And this is why we must reimagine love. This is in your notes because when we encounter the love of God, we are loosed from our limits when God's unlimited love flows through us. When I was uh, 17, 18 years old, I had an encounter with God's love. My life was up and down, but I had an encounter with God's love. And when I understood his love for me, then how many know God's love is powerful? Come on, God's love covers a multitude of sin. When I understand, understood God's love for me, it set me free to love others the way he loves them. You see, if you've ever doubted the power of God's love, let me remind you of the truth about his love. Proverbs 10, 12 says, but love covers some sins. That's not what it says. It says all sins. I love what the Amplified Version says. It says, and above all things, have fervent, I mean, uh, in, in Proverbs 10, 12, but love covers and overwhelms all transgressions, forgiving and overlooking another thought. I love that fact that the power of God's love overwhelms, come on, the sin that we're struggling with. Why? So we could be overcomers in Christ Jesus. Romans, uh, 1 Peter 4, 8, and above all things, listen to this. Not only the love that we have for God and the love that he has for us, but above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of. 
Romans 8.38, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor death nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How do we know we have a ways to go? When understanding fully about his love. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 and 8 says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Verse 8, love never fails. Why does love never fail? Because God is love, and God's love is unfailing. You see, when you know who love is, you understand what his love can do. You see, love is a who. Love is a who, not a what. Love is a who. Love is a person because love. God is love. Bob Goff said it this way. He said, God has pursued me in creative and whimsical ways. How many of you, God has had to do some things to get your attention? He says, ways that initially did not get my attention, nevertheless, he wouldn't stop. That's what love does. It pursues blindly, unflinchingly, and without end. I love that. Leads me to my four closing points of my message. We need a reimagined love that is unlimited. We need a reimagined love that is unlimited. We cannot be guilty as a church to under-resource our world with God's love because of our limitations when he has an unlimited supply. And this is why I personalized the prayer that we just read out of Ephesians 3, and I want us to pray it together, and I want you to pray it throughout the series, throughout the week. I want you to pray this till we see a breakthrough of God's love in supernatural ways, that we begin to see God's love put marriages back together, put families back together, put lives back together. How many know God's love is powerful? Will you pray this with me? One, two, three, I pray that from your glorious, unlimited resources, you will empower me with inner strength through your spirit. Jesus, make your home in my heart as I trust in you. Cause my roots to grow down into God's love and keep me strong. And may I have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep your love is. May I experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. How many know when we begin to see this prayer answered, some things are going to break loose, not only in this church, but in the Thomas and beyond. Amen? Secondly, a reimagined, a reimagined love needs to be uncommon. John 13, verse 34 and 35 says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. How many know sometimes it's just hard to love your neighbor, right? Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Come on. Not everybody that agrees with you. Come on. Not everybody that sees eye to eye. No, no, love each other. Verse 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. I wanted to just share my heart with one of the things that God is calling us to do here at Real Life Church, and that is to unite the churches in the Thomas. I believe that God has something for us greater to do together than we could ever do on our own. 
And last year at this time, we were at the Creekside Fair, which is happening next Sunday, which I'm going to take a little time out. I need you all to sign up, right? We love reaching our community, amen? I need your hands and I need your feet. I have put us out there. I said, we are a church about our community. I've went to our council member. I said, we will have 50 volunteers at this event to help. How many know we've got the greatest volunteer force in the entire world? Yes, we do. The church has the greatest volunteer force in the entire world. And our Love Natomas booth is on your left as you walk out. 50 volunteers in a church of 600, 650 people should be a piece of cake. I need your help. You guys love me? All right. God gave me this idea at the Creekside Fair. We had these T-shirts, Love Natomas. You guys, some of you have heard the story. And so I had this idea. I, everybody liked it so much. I said, like, well, I'm going to go see if the website's available. But by now, that thing has got to be. Sure enough, lovenatomas.org was available. And this dream and this idea started germinating in my heart. And so three weeks ago, I sent out an email to all 30 churches and pastors and some other ministries that are here in Natomas. And I invited them to a Love Natomas luncheon where we're going to launch Love Natomas. Now, here's the good news. You need to know this is a miracle. This doesn't happen everywhere. And this doesn't happen every day. We've had already 15 churches, including ours, and two ministries commit to coming next uh, Wednesday on October 24th. How many know that's good news? You see, I believe it's time we stop competing as churches and start collaborating as churches. That's what our Young Adult Collective is all about here in just next, next uh, Thursday on the 25th. God, Listen, God is going to use us as a hub to unify our city. Listen, there is something unique about the anointing that is in this house that has an ability to get people together in the same room from different socioeconomic statuses, different colors, different races, different nations, whatever you have it, the anointing is on this house. And I believe in our city, we're, we're starting to, you guys notice that they're breaking ground. We're the Fortune 500 companies coming here on the corner of Arena. They're actually, praise God, finally adding another lane on East Commerce. Hallelujah. Yeah. If you live in that neighborhood, you know, right? Like, I mean, things are happening. And so uh, uh, sometimes as a, as a leader of a church, you can be like, oh, now's our time. We got to get ahead. We got, how do you know God's going to build his church no matter what? And we are so much better together. And I believe unity is one of the ways we will reach this community. I wanted to just, uh, I wanted you to invite to, you to pray with me. I wanted to show you the 15 churches that have said, hey, we, we want to love Natomas with you, real life. It's Adventure Christian Church, The Crossing Church, Gateway Fellowship, Encounter, Arena Christian, Natomas Community, Capital River of Life, The Chinese and English Church, The River Church, Purpose Church, Natomas Vineyard, Humble Beginnings, Life Words Church, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and The Greenhouse. Will you guys pray with me? Now listen, this is where I get really excited because I want to do over and above. I just not, I, I don't only want to give people a good lunch and a good rah-rah, here's love, Natomas, here's, I don't, listen, I want to bless every pastor and his wife or pastor and their husband because we have some female pastors as well. I want to give every pastor and their spouse a date night. 
How many know that's uncommon? How many know that's uncommon? And and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take an offering, so don't get nervous. But but I just asked first service. I said, if if any of you, and I'm not talking about a ten dollar gift card at In and Out. I'm talking about a hundred, a hundred and fifty. I want to I want to give them a night to remember. All right. And so if if the Holy Spirit, if the, if you're you're saying, you know what, something was prompted in me. Like a church like Humble Beginnings, you guys know Pastor AJ and Pastor Chris Jones. They used to go here at this church, planning a church. Listen, if God is moving, you just come up to me and just say, you know what, I want to take care of one church. I want to take care of one ministry. Because what? I want to demonstrate uncommon love in the community of Natomas. This isn't about how big our churches get. This is how big the move of God is going to be in our land. Yeah, I'm a little fired up about it. But I believe it's an answer to Jesus' prayer. He says, I pray that you will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me. Father, I am in you. And may may they be, talking about us, may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. You take that prayer of Jesus and you contrast to what's happening in our culture today. And you know we need a breakthrough. And it starts with the church. I really believe that. You guys okay? You see, when the kingdom gets united, the community gets ignited. Leads me to my third point. I'm almost done. I hear your stomach's growling. A reimagined love is unleashed. On that Wednesday, Council Member Angelique Ashby is going to be here, a representative from Love Our City. They're in over 60 cities. They're coming right here, and they're going to just cast a vision. And, and we got to start somewhere. I believe that we could love Natomas 365 days a year, but I'm just going to start simple, all right? I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I like to get ahead of myself, by the way. I have that gift. Anyway, <clears throat> but just in 2019, that 30 churches, businesses, how do you know when the church gets together, everybody wants to be a part, right? Churches, schools, businesses, government leaders will all come together for one day in 2019 and will influence our city in practic- and will rub shoulders with people who would never darken the doorway of our, but will spend an entire day just loving on them and loving our city in practical ways. And here's what it could look like. This happened up the street in Fair Oaks. They did it for the first time. Fair Oaks and Orangevale, churches got together. Here's what's happened. I'm just casting you some vision today.
so they come from 75 kilos um, throughout the park and make the dessert. And it's really just a quick business. And we did it great. So I think if they were born in China, they wouldn't have to go to another planet, but now they're born here in America. So I think it's fantastic. They were community together. I think it's a wonderful thing. And it's rare to have a headband in all through the park. But I have ended up on the front and the old fashioned floor up out here. And stacked it up and put it, put it out of the way and make it much more of a natural environment for us all. Come on. Quickly, a reimagined love is unleashed. And will you stand with me? I'm going to give you number four. A reimagined love is unfailing. A reimagined love isn't failing. I believe that something is going to shift this year as we enter what we would normally and traditionally at real life call our season of hope. And I just want to share with you, I don't want to be a church that just turns on uh, turns our love on and off, that we turn our love up during the holiday season, and after the holiday, we turn our love down low. How many know love is not a season? I believe love is constant. It is eternal because God is constant, and God is eternal. God is love. And I believe, listen, that this whole thing around love, Natomas, I believe our love must outlive us and outlast us because God's love, when demonstrated, always leaves a legacy. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 to 8, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Remember that kitchen? We took a step back. Time to reimagine, and something beautiful happened. Something beyond that we could have ever asked for. I think something that we would have, we wish we would have done when we first moved in. God exceeded our expectations, and then He asked me to sell the house. Anyway, I don't know. Like that. That's another story. But we took a step back to reimagine. Say, what would it look like? Holy Spirit, if you just came and visited real life, you just came and you did some things in the Thomas, will you just hold your hands out in front of you? I'm going to release you. It's going to be a quick, brief, but powerful prayer. Your hands right in front of you like this, and if you can, maybe you could see your feet too. But listen, God is calling us to express this unlimited love 
this uncommon love, to see this love unleashed and to so that people can experience his unfailing love. And he's going to use our hands and feet to do it. So with your hands held out in front of you and your feet, Lord, we just ask you to use us. Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. So, Lord, use these hands, use these feet, Lord, to further your kingdom so that people can encounter that you are a God who loves us, that you are a God who cares about us. Lord, help us as we launch Love Natomas, oh God. I pray, Father, that people that would never darken the doorway of our churches, Lord, God, that we'd have an opportunity to rub shoulders and come alongside of them, Lord, and love on them as we love our community. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Come on, can we just give the Lord praise? Hallelujah.